0: Those that are joining us online, I love you guys. I thank God for you. Isn't it amazing how he works in our lives? I mean, if you're here for the first time, know this. He has drawn you into this moment, either online or in this room, to speak into your heart, to give you an experience of his joy. And to call you, to invite you, to woo you down the path to the highest level of greatness. That's what he's going to be about. And if you are here uh, for the first time, if you're with us, uh, you've caught us in the middle of a teaching series uh, called The Best Good News Ever. And it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the best good news ever. Who he is and what he's doing in our lives, what he can do for you and what he can do through you. And we're not the first people to get all juiced up about Jesus as the best good news ever. Look how Matthew opens his book on Jesus. He said, Jesus' fame spread everywhere. Many people who were in pain, suffering every kind of sickness, were brought to Jesus for healing, epileptics, Paralytics and those tormented by demons' power were all set free. Everyone who was brought—notice the double emphasis on brought—everyone who was brought to Jesus was healed. This resulted in massive crowds of people following him. Twice in the and just that that breath of scripture, we have the word brought doubly emphasized because when you see Jesus for who he is and you sense what he's doing in you and for you and through you, you get this passion to invite your friends. I mean, think about the people who brought people to Jesus. They had to talk to them. They likely had to persuade them to convince them. They had to spend some time with them. They they had to be willing to go with them. And that's what people do. That's what you will do when you see Jesus for who he is. And as you experience his work in your life, for your life, and through your life, it is so compelling, so irresistible. You got to tell the people that you love. And uh, Jesus never missed an opportunity himself of telling people the best good news ever. Here's how how Matthew describes the very next thing that happens. First thing that happens, all these people being brought to Jesus. Here's the next thing that happens. Jesus saw the vast crowd of people gathering to hear him. So they didn't just come to have their needs met. They wanted to have their souls filled. They were gathering to hear him. So he went up the slope of a hill and sat down with his followers and disciples, spread all around the hillside, and Jesus began to teach them. Now I wanna show you a picture of this beautiful outdoor amphitheater. Um, This is where Jesus did this teaching. And one year when we were in the Holy Land, I led a group of people from our church on a hike down this hillside, down to the Sea of Galilee. I wanted us to feel what all those people felt. I mean, if we were looking at it on the day that Jesus did his teaching, it would just be covered with people, all colors of robes and big people and little people and couples and families. But I wanted to walk down that hillside with our church people and feel what they felt as they heard Jesus as one word. One word rang from the heart of Jesus over and over and over again. He said, makarios, makarios, makarios. In the opening, in the first minute of his teaching, he says makarios nine times. Makarios, makarios. Do you think he's making a point nine times in the first minute of the talk, makarios? Makarios is a Greek word that means the highest level of joy. In fact, it's God's joy. And so from that point forward, I mean, nine times he says makarios, and then, then through the rest of the body of his, his teaching, chapter 5 in Matthew, chapter 6 in Matthew, chapter 7 in Matthew, Jesus tells how you, how I, how we can literally, personally, profoundly experience the highest level of joy. He, he, he builds his teaching It crescendos to a climax over those three chapters. And then in one sentence, he just drills to the core of their being and our being, the pathway to the highest level of joy. He puts it in this nutshell. Let me show you. In everything, in everything. Think about that. In everything, in everything. Do, say do. Yeah. Do, that's the, that's the central point of experiencing joy. You do for others in everything. Do for others what you would have them do for you. The highest level of joy that you can experience, that is humanly possible to experience, highest level of joy is achieved, is experienced as you do for others in Jesus' name. Now, the more you build a lifestyle of doing, I mean, maybe it's for your wife. Maybe you're doing for your husband. Maybe you're doing for your children. Maybe you're doing for a friend. Maybe you're doing for a stranger. But as you build a lifestyle of doing for others in Jesus' name, you you assimilate into your, your being a lifestyle of joy. And I love uh, doing... For others, in Jesus' name, because it accomplishes great ends. Check it out. Number one, doing drives you into prayer. As you do to help others, you realize that you need a power, a strength, wisdom beyond yourself. Number two, doing drives you into the Word of God. You want to know this Jesus who is in you. You want to know this Jesus who is working through you. And so you open up His Word and grow in your relationship with him. Number three, uh, doing drives you into gratitude. You start to be overwhelmed with a a joyous sense of thanks that God would use you, that God would live in you, that he would be working through you to help others. And, And number four, just quickly, that Doing not just drive you into prayer, not just drive you into the word and into gratitude. It drives you into worship. You want to worship this God who miraculously and supernaturally takes regular ordinary people like us and does the extraordinary through us to the benefit of others. Here's the truth about you, about me. We are the workmanship of God, created in Christ Jesus, anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do. We, the, the whole reason that you are in Christ is so that you can do the good things he's prepared for you to do. He's got it all laid out. He's just waiting for you to partner with him. He's got it all laid out. He's just waiting for you to join him in doing the good he's prepared for you to do. I mean, he's, he's ready to provide the wisdom. He's anxious to provide the strength. He's ready to give you the, the, the power beyond yourself to make the doing happen. You, you, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good things that God has prepared in advance for you to do. I'm getting a little worked up. Um, in fact, right now I'm just gonna pause. I'd like to introduce you to someone in my life who has learned this lesson through a lifetime of doing for others in Jesus' name. Would you welcome my wife, Debbie Clark, to join me on stage? There's the mic you can grab. I wanted her to join me because she and I don't have to social distance. <laughs> I love you. Hi, honey. <laughs> um, yeah, she's awesome. So, uh, the reason I wanted Debbie to talk uh, with you, to kind of share part of her story recently, Debbie, I know you've been doing uh, something that you had never done before, maybe never envisioned that you would do, and I wanted that you to share that with these guys.
1: Okay, well, hey everybody. <laughs> about, it was just about a couple weeks before Christmas, I had the opportunity to be on a task force um, here at church uh, that where we began to call people um, that had been at the church or that were somehow connected with, the, with Central and just see how they were doing, just ask them different questions like, "How have you been through the COVID situation and ask about their family and all that. And so um, I began the calls, and as I, as I started out, um, when they would answer the phone, I would just ask them um, how, they, how their family was doing, if they had any needs that we could, as a church, help them with. And then at, at the end, and then that would usually in, would ensue a, a conversation. And then at the end, um, I would ask how we could pray for them. And um, it turned into... A whole different experience for me than i than I had imagined it would, because uh, that when the people would when I would talk to the people they would sometimes just stop me in the middle and say wait i've got so and so is here like their husband or whatever, and i I want him to come and pray with us and uh, I was just so pleased and overwhelmed with how how um, readily they would want to pray, and so um, it, with each call that I made to different people, we we ended up I ended up making over two hundred calls wow. to people um, that were connected to our church at some at some point, and every every call was the same. At the end, when I asked if they wanted to pray, they all said yes.
0: What was your favorite part?
1: Was my favorite part?
0: Yeah, they wanted to pray for you. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Bonus. <laughs> that's right. And then they would say, "Oh, you know, now let us pray for you." And people would bring in their whole families together around the phone to pray for David and I, and um, and it just it just turned into such a a a good thing for um, for me. Um, to be able to call people and have that kind of response.
0: Yeah, I know that from things that you've shared with me, um, that there was a ripple effect um, that you were doing your thing, but then the people you called started doing. Tell, tell them about that. Yeah,
1: the day the day after I started making the first calls, people started calling the church, and they they didn't they didn't call because they needed anything. They called because they wanted to know what they could do to help our church. And so we were calling them to see what we could do to help them, and they ended up calling our church to offer their help. And so the next week, um, a group of them did show up at our care pantry, and they helped people carry groceries out. and. Um, Set and made friends with the people that were waiting to get groceries, helped any way they could, um, and and it it was just a, a whole different feel for the for the care pantry, and it was it was delightful. The people that ran the care that run the care pantry were very very excited about it. So
0: my favorite thing was one lady. She called. Um, owns a, like a confectionery shop in Janesville. And she made and donated 50 gourmet pretzels uh, <laughs> to give to kids uh, for Christmas. And there was one other group of ladies. What did they do?
1: Well, the, there's a bunch of ladies, that if you if you're familiar with our church, that so it's we call them the soul ladies, I don't know or soul, soul angels. angels, we call them soul angels, and um they got together and made almost a hundred Christmas stockings that they donated for us to fill with candy, and those went home with the care pantry people um, for their kids for for Christmas so that how was many another, of these phone
0: calls did you make personally?
1: um d- uh, about two hundred
0: Wow. I, um, now my message, as you've already heard tonight and a couple of times at home and in the little room back there, um, and in the truck, uh, <laughs> and she responded to each message. Um, but, uh, you know, it's about doing and the joy that comes from doing. So what was, what would you say were some of your special joys from making these nearly 200 or more than 200 phone calls?
1: Um, well... Praying with people over the phone was joy to me, and and then when they would say, "Well, let, now let me p- pray for you," that was a joy because you know you don't you don't expect that when you're the one making the calls, um, and also um, I think that some of the most profound times that I spent were uh, with people that were hurting. Um, so I, I made a call to a. A man who had just found out. As uh, when I when he answered the phone, he told me in his next sentence, "Well, I just found out that I have the COVID virus," and so I was able to pray with him. And um,
0: was then, he upset about that? Or was yeah, that-
1: well, I think I call it more heart heartbroken than mm. upset. He, I mean, he was he was okay, but he was he was really sad. Yeah. And. Um, Then another, you know, other calls that I made, I called one lady, and when she answered the phone, she was crying on the phone. And um, so I started to to do my spiel, and then I thought, well, I better see what's going on. And I said, are you okay? And she said, no, my dog just died. Mm. And her dog had just died, I guess, within the hour. And uh, she was, so I spent some time with her,
0: yeah, we're dog um, lovers, so that would be heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, one more. One more special one.
1: Oh, then we had, then I also had a lady who, who attends our church um, that her, her nephew, who was seven years old, was just getting ready to go into surgery for for a problem with his brain. And so, he, so she was pretty broken at that on that day. And um, so I spent quite a bit of time with her on the phone. And um, then, I, then I, but she and I have been in contact. And uh, the last time I talked to her, oh, and, and uh, I'm going to back up here because we did pray together. We prayed for him and that the, um, he would have a full recovery. And when I called her a couple days ago, I asked her how he was doing. And she said that, she didn't know because she called the hospital and um, they said that he was out in the hallway playing ball with the nurses. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm
0: going to say something to you.
1: Okay.
0: I probably said this before. Mm -hmm. I mean, in in addition to the fact that I love you, but Debbie, Mm -hmm. you are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do good things that God has prepared in advance for you to do. I'm proud of you. I love you. Thank you. Thanks. Put the mic back over there. Okay. Uh, could could we just pray for a moment? Uh, our staff, that task force, and others on our staff made um, over 500 phone calls um, to people in need in our church, and let's just pray for all of them right now. Our Father and our God, you're amazing, and all of us sitting here in this room watching online. We are all your workmanship. You created us in Christ Jesus anew to do good works you prepared in advance for us to do. And sometimes it happens like it happened for Deb and those phone calls when she just called. As soon as a guy hangs up from finding out he's COVID positive, she makes a call and they can pray. Um, An hour after a lady loses a precious pet, she gets a call. This is your timing, Lord. These are your appointments. And, and, and just when someone is, is deeply concerned over a child going in for brain surgery, a right-on-time call, and Lord, that's all of us. We all are your workmanship. Lord, show us the good you want us to do, because we want to experience your joy and share it with others in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me show you that picture of that hillside again, because I can't get enough. That's awesome. But this is, I want you to know, this is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Very beginning, right out of the chute. He, he preaches this sermon, three chapters long, in the book of Matthew, and the essence of it is this, do to others, makarios, makarios, joy, 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 here's how you get the joy in everything, do for others as you would have them do for you. Now, you would think after a message like that, and he didn't just do it once. He spent three years trying to drill this into the souls of his father, followers just like many of us. You know, we can come to church for years and years and years, and still, oh, man, we're more concerned on what can happen for us. We hear a a story like Debbie's, and we're thinking, well, I didn't get a phone call. When's somebody going to call me? Well, you can call us. Um, but no, we we are so consumed with self and our needs and our desires and our wants. Well, that was the early followers of Jesus. So at year three, this time it's not on the hillside. This time it's a roadside. And Jesus is like one week away from his crucifixion. Let me show you a picture of the roadside. It's a road right outside Jericho. This is what Jericho looks like today, if you would go there with me. And on this road, Jesus calls a time out because his guides, though they are trying to do the do part, it's like, it's all about them. They want to help so that they feel good about what they've done. They want to make a difference for the difference it makes in them. I mean, the joy is a byproduct, but if you do just to get joy, you're likely not going to get joy. And so Jesus calls the time out, takes a deep breath, looks at the guys and said, Hey, listen, it's not just what you do. It's why you do what you do. So here's what happens two of the guys, brothers, James and John, they pulled Jesus away from the pack, kind of look over their shoulder at the rest of the disciples, get in close with Jesus and say, "Uh, Lord, we wanna ask you a favor. Jesus says, what can I do for you? Here's what they said. They said, Jesus, when you sit on your glorious throne, we wanna sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right, the other on your left. We don't really care if I'm on the right. He's. We just want to be on your right and left. Okay, Jesus. Now, when, when there's a throne, let's pretend like this is a throne. This is the glorious throne of Jesus. If you want to be by him on an adjacent throne, it's because you want to be seen. You want to be seen as significant. You want to be seen as important. That's what these guys are doing. They want to be seen. But also, if this is the throne of Jesus and you're seated here, then you have his ear. You get to be heard. You get to wield influence. They want to be seen and they want to be heard. And maybe you want to say, well, isn't that normal? Don't we all want to be seen and heard? Isn't that the way? It is the way of the world. It is not the way of Jesus. In fact, here's what Jesus said to them. Are you guys, do you have any clue? Are you out of your minds? Do you have any idea what you're asking? Here's how he said it. Are you prepared to drink the cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? And they're like, Yes, we are. We're in, Jesus. We're all in. We just want to be on the right and on the left. How about it, Jesus? They didn't know that Jesus was one week away from being spiked to a bloodstained criminal's cross. He could have easily given them this vision. You want to be on my left and right? Here's what it looks like. They had no clue. They wanted to be seen They wanted to be heard. They wanted to be important. They wanted to have influence. That's the way of the world. It is not the way of Jesus. Here's the way of Jesus. When the time came, Jesus set aside the privileges of deity of his godness and took on the status of a slave. He became human. And having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process, this God in the flesh. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and died a selfless, obedient death, the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. And because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything. And so, obedience... It's not about whether or not you are seen. You just do what God says to do. Obedience is not about you being able to present your issues and demand your rights. Obedience is crucifying your issues and crucifying your rights. Setting aside your rights to serve others unseen and unheard. The Jesus way is to let go of your privileges and your rights and to be selflessly obedient. You see, they were selfishly, they had this selfish pride that made them wanna have the place of honor. Jesus had this selfless sacrifice that made him willing to bear the cross. They cried for position and privilege. Jesus cried, my God, my God, Why have you forsaken me? Well, Jesus is going to do another lesson at at, at this roadside. But when the other 10 disciples hear these two guys going behind their back to grab thrones for themselves, they go ballistic. And so Jesus has to referee a riot, people demanding their rights. And who do you think you are? But when he has everyone settled down, Here's his lesson on doing the Jesus way. He says, whoever among you wants to be great. Now, Here's what's awesome, I think. Jesus is like, there's nothing wrong with being great. Being great is good. I designed you, I destined you for greatness. But there is a particular way There is a way of joy. There is a path to follow that leads into true greatness. Whoever wants to walk this path, whoever wants to be great, must become the servant of all. Just like in everything, do unto others, do for others, whoever wants to be great must become the servant of all. For the Son of Man, Jesus himself, has not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life to set others free. So just as the highest level of joy is experienced through the highest level of doing for others in Jesus' name, the highest level of greatness is achieved by doing for others. Highest level of joy, highest level of greatness, doing for others in Jesus' name. Now you would think after this roadside lesson that they would finally get it right wrong. And so the next scene I wanna show you is a week later. Jesus now is just hours away from being betrayed by Judas, being denied by Peter, um, being judged in a kangaroo court, being sentenced to death and executed on a cross, just hours away from his death. And here's where he is with his men. He's hosting a meal in what we call the upper room. Um, This is what it looks like today. Now, this was not the original. This was built about uh, 1200 AD. This was built over what was marked as the original upper room. And you see... Yeah, this is the inside. You see the staircase that they walk up to the upper room? On the inside now, it's uh, been changed into a chapel um, for hundreds and hundreds of years, kind of from medieval days. Um, And we've been in there worshiping uh, half a dozen times. But in a room like that, Jesus hosts this last supper. And the, the meal does not get off to a good start. It It's ugly before the appetizers. Uh, The men, the guys around the table with Jesus, they are jockeying for position. They are in a heated, ugly argument over who among them is the greatest, which is kind of remarkable considering the fact that Jesus is sitting at the head of the table. But they're losing their minds. And so Jesus stands up from the table and heated conversation stops in mid-sentence. Jesus walks over to a corner of the room where there's a a pitcher of water, a basin, and a towel. When Jesus gets to the corner of the room, the guys gasp because he removes his outer garment. Standing there only in his undergarment, standing there only in his undergarment, he looks just like a slave. One by one, the men at the table stand up and walk to the corner of the room. Jesus pours water from the pitcher into the basin, goes down on his knee, takes the foot of the first man, puts it in the basin and begins to wash his foot. Washes both feet, dries them with the towel, washes the feet of all 12 men, even Judas who would betray him, even Peter who would deny him. It's kind of remarkable to me that on the way back to the table, Jesus maneuvers Judas to sit at the place of honor right at his right hand. That's where the best friend of the host would sit, and Jesus puts Judas there. Why? Check this out. In this moment, Jesus demonstrated a deep and tender love for his disciples, all of them, and he showed them the full extent, the full measure of his love by acting the servant, doing for others, this is my way. This is the way to joy. This is the way to greatness. In fact, Jesus closes his lesson with these words: "I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, God will makarios. That's the word." God will give you the highest level of joy as you do, as you do. You, you, you are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus anew to do good things that he's prepared in advance for you to do. Let's make it our prayer this week to find our purpose in everything by doing for others what we would have them do for us. Let's be the church that knows how to do in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me and pray, please? Our Father, we, would you please help us take our eyes off of ourselves and set aside our own personal concerns long enough to hear your voice and practice doing your way. Doing your way into the highest level of joy, true joy. Doing your way for others in your name into the highest level of greatness. Lord, all we want to do is obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. Have an awesome week. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.